Welcome to Hope. Housing opens possibilities everywhere. Habitat for Humanity of Newcastle County's new podcast for those who are interested in affordable housing in Delaware and how Habitat for Humanity works with local stakeholders to confront the affordable housing crisis and bring people together to build home, communities, and hope. Welcome. I'm Kevin Smith, the CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Newcastle County. You're listening to our premiere episode called Not Your Mother's Habitat. Today, we will be diving into what we do here at Habitat, which goes far beyond building homes and goes into our role in confronting the affordable housing crisis here in Newcastle County, Delaware. So many people know some things about Habitat for Humanity, but this podcast gives us an opportunity to go in more depth and to talk about what it is about Habitat, what we do, and why we do it, and maybe some of the myths and misconceptions about what Habitat for Humanity is all about. We are here in Newcastle County, an affiliate of an international organization. This international organization is in 70 countries around the world and 1,100 locations in the United States. Our headquarters is in Atlanta, Georgia, where Habitat for Humanity International is. Habitat was started in 1976 by Millard and Linda Fuller. He was a person committed to his faith and went to go live in a community called Koinonia Farms in rural Georgia. They went there seeking a more simple way of life and a way to live their faith. And what they encountered was a community of black and white people living together since the 50s who were sharing resources. And this idea of partnership housing was born. This idea that what the working poor need is not charity, but capital. They need financial resources to come to bear to help build their housing. So the Fullers became missionaries and they moved to Zaire in Africa and they tested out this idea of partnership housing, uh, working with people, uh, not for them, giving them an opportunity to buy their house. And in 1976, as I said, they came back and they formed Habitat for Humanity International. Habitat has grown very organically over the years. You'll find a Habitat for Humanity organization, affiliate as we call us ourselves, in most counties around the United States. And they are run by local board of directors, volunteers with skills and interest. And then they may or may not have staff, depending on the size of their community and how they organize themselves. We've been very fortunate here in Newcastle County. We were formed in 1986 by some committed folks from a church, many of whom were DuPont employees. And they came together. They heard about Millard Fuller, knew the woman who was helping him write his books, and they learned about this idea of Habitat and, uh, again, came together and formed our affiliate. We started out very modestly. First house we ever did was a renovation that we got from the city of Wilmington for a dollar. They finished that first house and then continued to grow from there. For the first nine years of our existence, we were run entirely by committed volunteers. Pretty incredible, the, the commitment that they had made to help provide affordable housing. They came across some opportunities to get some more funding and some sponsorships from corporations. And they came to a place in their history where they started to think about needing a staff person. And as fortune would have it, 
I had left Habitat for Humanity in Fresno, California, moved back home to Delaware, and our paths crossed, and I was hired as the first staff person some 26 years ago. And it's just been an incredible journey for me to work for this organization as we've helped change lives and landscapes. Habitat for Humanity is a Christian organization. It's ecumenical. It's not part of any particular church or denomination. We just look to give witness to the love of God and what we do. We welcome people of all faith or no faith to partner with us in this work. And we seek to partner with the families that we're serving as well. And they do not have to have any proclamation of of any kind of faith either. So in that time, when we were founded in 1986, we were the 150th Habitat for Humanity affiliate. And as I mentioned, there's now 1,100 across the country. We have served over 370 families in that time, not only with new home construction and selling homes, but also doing repairs in our community. One of the things that people do not realize about Habitat is that we are a mortgage lender. So families come to Habitat and they actually apply for our mortgage. They do not have to go out into the market to find their own conventional mortgage. They come to us. And again, it's a unique situation. Our mortgage rate is 0%. And that is true across the country and around the world. And that's based on our faith roots, where we find in Exodus twenty-two twenty-five, the scripture that says you shouldn't charge interest to your poor brother in your land. So Habitat takes that seriously, and we do not charge interest because the folks we're serving really are the ones that need that kind of assistance to afford their home. We're not here to make any profit or make any interest off these families, so We sell them the house at the appraised value, and they get the zero interest mortgage to pay us back. It's a 20 to 30 year mortgage, depending on what they can afford to pay. And they come to Habitat because they can't get a mortgage through any other means. One of the things that people don't realize, too, is how significant the affordable housing crisis is in our community. The Housing Alliance of Delaware is an advocacy organization. They do a lot of survey work, a lot of study. We are a member of that organization. And just last year, they determined that the state of Delaware has a shortage of over 15,000 units of affordable housing, which could be rental housing or home ownership. Uh, You heard me right. That's over 15,000 units short. So consequently, people who are looking for affordable housing, whether to rent or become homeowners, cannot find it. And consequently, we see families ending up usually in one or more of three situations. They might end up in overcrowded conditions because that's what they can afford. They'll live with family members or friends, but now they're living in overcrowded conditions. They might be willing to pay a lot of money to have a nice place, but now they're paying upwards of 50% or more of their income just on the rent. Another poor option for them, again, they they may not be able to afford a nicer place. They'll find something they can afford, but that housing is in disrepair. It has inadequate heat, electrical issues, safety issues, or maybe even issues outside the front door in terms of safety where it's located. So consequently, we see families struggling. They're moving from one place to another, trying to solve this Rubik's Cube of affordable housing here in Delaware. 
the housing wage here in the first state is $21.96 an hour. What that means is that's what you would need to make to afford the average two-bedroom apartment in Delaware. So this why Habitat exists. We exist to try to create more housing, more housing opportunities for hardworking, low to moderate income individuals and families. The families who come to Habitat, they apply through our mortgage process, and we're looking at three things. Their ability to repay the mortgage, again, that zero interest mortgage. Their willingness to partner with us. You've heard me say this is partnership housing. We're building houses with, not for. We're not a builder for hire. We need volunteers. We need donations to come in. And so we need everybody from the community to help us do what we do. And then the third thing is they must have a demonstrable need for decent housing. Another way to put it, it would be if we have one house available, two families who qualify, we're going to take the family with the worst housing situation. Because we're a mortgage lender, we have to adhere to all federal regulations. We are an equal housing opportunity, a fair housing lender. We do not discriminate by any means for any reason when people apply to our housing. The families, uh, once they're approved, there's a number of things they have to do. You probably have heard of the term sweat equity. That is an original habitat term. It represents the number of hours that they have to put in on the construction site, in their training, the restores, their partner, just like anybody else is in this process. So they will spend usually upwards of a year, mostly on Saturdays, putting in their sweat equity. And the requirement is 300 hours for the applicant and then 150 hours for any additional adults in the household. So it's a major commitment of their time and their effort. They have to pay off any delinquent debt. So the families who come to us, they qualify if their credit score is 600 or more, and if they have less than $1,500 of delinquent debt. Once they come into our program, though, we want them to work off that debt. And in most cases, at settlement, they have no other debt other than maybe a car payment or a student loan. And then on average, our family's credit score goes up 70 points from the time they apply to the time to go to settlement. They also receive financial and housing counseling while they're in our program. They attend financial workshops, one-on-one education, budgeting, financial matters. They also attend a construction maintenance training called Cornerstone to help them learn how to use the tools and ultimately how to take care of their house. And then about six years ago, we started another program called Koinonia, after Koinonia Farms, and that is our civic engagement, conflict resolution, leadership training. We're trying to create and help families become successful homeowners. And to us, that means paying their mortgage, taking care of their house, and being a good neighbor and being civically engaged. The net impact of all of this is profound. We see children doing better in school. 66% of the homeowners who responded to our latest survey said that their children's grade letters improved one to three levels. We have homeowner children and homeowners themselves who've gone on to college. We also see improvements in their economic and financial health. 82% of homeowners 
who previous to Habitat needed government assistance no longer need that support. That would be food stamps or rental assistance, other kind of things. Uh, now they have an affordable mortgage. In most cases, that mortgage is almost half of what they're paying in rent. Our average mortgage payment, including taxes and insurance, is six fifty to seven hundred a month, which is incredible for these families who previously been paying about twelve hundred to thirteen hundred in rent. They now have an asset, and they are building wealth. And as we all know, home ownership has been the number one way that families and generations have passed on wealth in this country. And now we're giving more and more low-income families and persons of color that opportunity. We also see an impact on the health of our homeowners. Uh, Nearly 94% of those who had health concerns coming into Habitat tell us that those health concerns are gone. Those health concerns that are related to their housing, like mold and asthma, those things are completely gone out of their lives. So we're building generational wealth. These families are ending the cycle of poverty that they've been in for so many years, and this gives them and their children a fighting chance. Regarding our construction, we build standard townhomes and ranch houses. The families do get some things that they get to pick in terms of the colors and the styles. We've also tried to work across Newcastle County, mostly in Wilmington, but also in areas in Newark, St. George's, Newcastle, and also in Middletown. We try to cluster our work in particular neighborhoods so we have a bigger impact on that neighborhood in terms of increasing home ownership. We also do repairs for low-income non-habitat homeowners. Again, another crisis we see growing in our community is low-income homeowners who cannot keep up with the deferred maintenance. And in Wilmington, we see really difficult situations, people needing brand new roofs. Maybe they're living with active leaks in their house, or they don't have heat, or there's plumbing leaks, major issues that in the long run would cause them to lose their house. So we're doing free repairs with these families in order that they can maintain and sustain their home ownership. We're increasingly focused in that regard also on health outcomes, as well as improving the energy efficiency. And we've launched a number of programs, one through our ReStore called Refrigerator Replacement Program, but also doing energy audits as well. Many people are also familiar with our ReStores. I need to make it clear the ReStores are not there to just find a bargain. They are there to help us generate income to our operations. So we do hire people to help run the operations of our two stores, one in Wilmington at Price's Corner and the other one in Middletown. We take in donated material and buy a little bit of material as well, but it's all for sale to the public and it's discounted to move. But again, we're trying to maximize our profits in these two stores to help with our operations here and building and sustaining home ownership. A big component of Habitat is also volunteering. Typically, before COVID, we would see over 3,000 volunteers a year, mostly on our construction sites. 
and those folks would not need to have previous construction experience. We do all the training and supervision every day, Tuesday to Saturday on site. And so we've been opening up more and more after COVID and we welcome people to come out and uh, swing a hammer with us and learn some skills and at the same time helping to build the housing that we're doing. We also do take volunteers in our restores and we also need volunteers on our committees to help us with our operations. Another growing program for us is our Rock the Block Neighborhood Revitalization. We engage particular neighborhoods in the work that we do and basically actively listen. Uh, we engage them and ask them what are the kind of things they want to see changed in their built environment and the quality of life outside their front door. And then we try to respond with investments that are going to do just that. We've done neighborhood cleanups, vacant lot cleanups, and more recently, we've been installing video ring doorbells for safety concerns. It's a wonderful way for us to engage the community, to build trust, to hear the issues they're dealing with, so that while we're all building new homes, doing repairs, we're also adding these kind of investments to help overall with the health of the neighborhood and the community. So we look forward to sharing more with you as we continue this series and as we dive deeper into the issues that we're trying to solve.